this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, Carly has a baby, Lulu learns a secret, and boy oh boy can Sasha not keep her stuff together. We're going to break it all down next. I'm Maria Menudez, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV time. It's the GH Report on a Sunday afternoon. We're gonna go snooping around Windermere and find crazy paintings of Helena Cassadine. Hey everybody, welcome to the GH Report, breaking down all the latest shenanigans happening in Port Charles. I am Frank Moran. Uh, usually Carla Renata would be right next to me, jumping in at this moment. But you know what? She is such a busy person. She's building that burgeoning media empire that I talk about every single week. And so she's out on assignment, I believe, in Chicago. I mean, it's hard to keep track. She's so popular and so busy. So many people want her to do their things for them. So, uh, but, so it's going to be just me in studio. But you know what? I have a feeling somewhere along the line for the episode, we're probably going to get a phone call from Carla, chiming in to, to break everything down. So until then, you're just going to have to sadly put up with me talking about poor Charles. But as always, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. The chat is up and running. Usually Carla would do a roll call right now. But just know that we appreciate every single one of you that is currently in the chat. And uh, feel free to comment on anything that we're talking about or anything that's going on in GH that you just want to get off your chest. Perfect time to do it. But if you're watching after we stream live, feel free to comment down below. So we'll, uh, I'll start breaking down the news of the, of the week here, or the, the show, and then we'll, Carly calls in, you know, let's hear, hear what she has to think. But uh, I guess the first big thing is we finally get to have Carla, Carly and Sonny, they have their baby. And uh, there had been, I feel like it's always soaps, especially when the soaps ways where they will set the 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 possibility of something terrible happening to a a character or a couple to really milk the drama of the potential consequences that could have on their lives. Oh, look at that! I hear a phone call ringing, at least for me. So that could be Carla Renata calling in in just a second getting very excited folks but anyway so they set the stakes so that it could be uh really dire for the for the for the, the the characters and then when the big moment comes to find out oh my gosh uh is the test results are they going to come back clean oh wait is this carla renata it is holy cow carla renata i was just getting into this uh and you couldn't have picked a better time to call how are you carla i'm good how you doing frank how- 
Uh, doing well, doing well. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, are you in Chicago? I am in Chicago. My goodness. On assignment to After Buzz. Oh, my goodness. Uh, are you having a great time? I'm exhausted because I've been traveling most of the day and trying to do some other things while I'm here. But, yeah, I'm excited about what's about to go down. I'm here to do a... Um, a junket for the Tuesday night NBC lineup of Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, and Chicago PD. Well, I mean, if, you know, during our time doing the GH report, I mean, the one thing that I always know, like every time we, before we start the show or after we wrap the show, you cannot stop talking about how much you love that Tuesday night uh, Chicago uh, block of programming there on NBC. You're always uh, always talking about it, so I'm glad you're getting a chance to, to do this. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I know, you, <laughs> I know you were talking about the possibility of getting, you know, the logos tattooed on you. So, you know. Hello, <laughs> <I'm> Frank. <laughs> Uh, well, Let me see if I can find the chat room so I can talk to them talking about you. <laughs> Uh, while you're looking for that, I was just starting to talk about the uh, the big news of this week, and that is Carly and Sonny finally having the baby. I know. And can we just talk about that name? Like, there was all this drama over what the baby's name was going to be, and the best they could come up with was Donna. Like, really, though? Well, you know, and I know many people that were commenting about Donna, but once they explained it was uh, in honor of the makeup artist that was a beloved member of the GH family that had passed away, that they're naming it after that that person, it made more yeah. sense. It uh, it just so it made more sense to honor a beloved member of the GH family, but it still seemed like a a weird name to fit into the Corinthos family. It's like Donna, eh, all right. I was like, really? Michael B is like, yeah, me too. Donna, really? I'm just what I'm saying. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, I have to admit, I, as much as I was like, "What is his name?" I, I took a step back once I found out it was uh, to honor uh, that that person that had passed. They were part of the makeup staff, and I was like, "All right, that makes sense. Cool. All right, it's a nice little tribute to her." Yeah, I mean, I can get, I can understand why they did it, but you know, yeah. <laughs> but as I was just talking to the guests, is that uh, talking to the viewers there? Is that what? always drives me crazy about storylines like this is when they they set up uh, a situation where the most dire consequences are what are dwelled upon so in this case it was the baby it has spina bifida oh my gosh what are we going to do to raise a child like this and then whenever that moment of crisis is comes to a head it usually turns out to be the the best possible uh, version of that is the outcome so in this case, it's, oh, it was very mild, and we did the surgery, and it went great, and the baby's going to be fine. So we just get to hear right. all this manufacturing. I was kind of glad that the baby was fine, though, because there was all that drama, you know, with Jason telling all the kids, oh, the baby has spina bifida, and them being all dramatic about that. I'm like, he didn't say the baby had cancer. He said the baby had spina bifida. That's very different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were killing me. Like, there was so much time spent on that. So that when she finally had the baby and then they sent the baby right into surgery, I'm like, okay, this is going to be cool. That was a cute little baby, though. Wasn't that the cutest baby ever? That was a cute baby. Yeah, you know, I'm not, you know, babies are fine, whatever. I, I Shut up, Frank. Let me, I don't know, I let mean, me I, give a shout out to the people in the chat room because right. I know you didn't. 
Lisa <laughs> Wagner, Joe Costanzo, Dolores Leach, Du Lamont, Annie Goen, Kelly Public Cover, Coco Candy One, Tom Clev. I said Michael B. I said Michael B. That's my boy, Michael B. He joined me for a uh, Kirby Critic all the time. You can never say Michael B. Enough. Marlon, Marlon Wallace, Lori Cole, Nikki McCauley, uh, Furious Citizen. Oh, Furious Citizen. Citizen. I haven't seen your name here before. Welcome. And hello to you, too. And I think that's just about everybody. So now that I've shouted everybody out, let's continue with the conversation. Oh, I love it. Uh, the one thing is that, uh, so Carly goes into labor while Jason's hanging out with her in the kitchen. I tell you, that kitchen set, man, that's probably one of the best uh, best new additions to the uh, Poor Charles universe. Uh, that kitchen is frequently used now for, for all the big action in the Corinthos house. Why are you always, you are always pounding that kitchen set. What is up with that? <laughs> but I like when they finally get to the hospital and Carly is so concerned. Like, oh, I don't know if Sonny's going to make it. Like, where, what do you think? What do you think Sonny is? He's, he, he was, he got a hold of him. He's on his way over. Carly's I don't know if I can do this without Sonny. Like, oh, relax. Well, you know, it's like she said when Jason was sitting there with her, but he's been, Jason had been there for everyone of the births of her children, and there was always some shenanigan with Sonny why he wasn't there. So I think this is probably the first time he's actually been there for a birth. <laughs> That's true. Oh, like finally, finally, uh, he gets to see it in action. That, uh, but yeah, so they have, uh, they have baby down. He's too old to be, he's too old, he, he too old to be a rolling stone, so he was finally there this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> I feel like it'll be interesting to see now they've got the the new edition and the person that did not take that very well was Ava. Once she found out there was a new edition, she's like, oh, great. And why are we surprised by that? Ava is just, she is just party. She is bitter party of one these days. I need for them to do something different with her because I'm getting real tired of her being salty Sally every time we see her. But I also didn't know, like, she goes to the floating rib to get uh, liquored up but she also brings a stack of letters from Ryan that are bundled up in a rubber band. Like, what was she planning on doing with all those? Who knows? Knowing Ava, it'd be something stupid as usual. Because she always, she, the thing about Ava is that Ava, in her mind, in her own reality, thinks that she's doing stuff for the greater good of herself. But then she never, ever thinks about the consequences and repercussions of her actions. Like, she always makes excuses for these busted decisions that she makes. And then after it's set into motion, she's like, oh, wow, maybe I shouldn't have done that. No, Diva, you shouldn't have done that. What are you thinking? I can't. I can't with her. Did you talk, did you talk about Nell already? No, I haven't talked about Nell at all yet. Okay, all right. But, yeah, I mean, that's all I had to say about Ava. I just, I, I want them to... I really want them to do something really delicious with her. Like maybe, you know, have her be connected with Cassandra in some type of way, just to give her something to do. Because this whining and crying every time she hits the screen is getting real tiresome. You know, and for much as when Julian was going to be selling Charlie's and moving to New York with Kim, he would, uh, Ava kept on saying, what are you, you're leaving. I can't believe you're leaving poor Charles. What am I going to do? Yet now that, everything's blown up with Kim and he's staying in Port Charles, going to be at Charlie's. There's not been one scene of Ava going by to, to talk with Julia and saying like, oh, hey, what's up? Let me let me be supportive to you. No. So I'm like, cool, Ava. Cool. I mean, 
Did you did you talk about did you talk about Julian and Kim already too? No, in fact, as you called, I was just getting into the first thing, and that was Carly and Sonny's baby. So everything else is open for grabs. Okay, so let's just talk about that busted ass visit from Kim to Julian. Tama, I'm sorry. No, you not. You not sorry. Tama, I'm sorry, but I just couldn't help it. Diva, that's not Drew. That is not Drew. Well, I mean, like, it what is part of, What part of that is not Drew and that is Franco Elizabeth's husband do you not understand? Like, I'm, she is cuckoo for Cocoa Puff. I can't with her. Well, I mean, certainly it's, it's tough. But, I mean, in, in a sense, it is Drew. I mean, who knows? I mean, I mean know- it's Drew. Okay, let's be real. It's Drew's memories coming out of Franco's face. Correct. <laughs> Let's be real. It's Drew's memories coming out of Franco's face. It's not really Drew. It's not really Drew. Yeah. Drew is dead. No, I mean, the reality of the situation is Drew is dead, and the memories of Drew or what Drew remembers of himself have been implanted into Franco. So there's that. But now we don't know if we're going to get Franco back. Like, we don't know what the situation is right now. So it's kind of like up in limbo. But I'm gonna need Kim to pause for the cause and take a step back. It uh, Elizabeth is Elizabeth is gonna punch her in her throat. It's gonna be <laughs> ugly in two seconds. It. Uh, I mean, I guess you know, from Kim. I mean, she never, as much as she said she was gonna see, go get help to help deal with her grief. But if you look at her having lost her son, Oscar, and then you then you've lost Drew. Now all you have left is the memories. You find somebody that at least is the embodiment of all the memories that you knew of Drew back before Oscar came into the picture. I mean, I guess you latch onto anything you can if you felt like you've lost everything in your life. I mean, this is the thing. So when it comes to Kim, I just feel like I feel like if Oscar were still alive, I don't think she would be so willingly eager to fall into that false reality. I think she's grieving, and they've already shown that the grief over her son has been more than she can bear. So I think this is just another reality escape for her to not think about losing Oscar. And and as long as she is connecting to Drew's memories, then somehow that is keeping her connected to Oscar because her and Drew shared a son and Oscar. You, does that make sense? Yeah. No, I can understand that. It, uh... so, yeah. I, so I think that's what's happening with her. And, then I, and, and what I really liked was the fact that when Terry ran into her in the park, even Terry trying to make some sense out of her because Terry, even though Terry is Elizabeth's friend, she also had a nice relationship with Kim, especially during Oscar's illness and ultimate um, demise, right? Yeah. So she had, there was a kinship there. So the fact that even Terry is like, homegirl, come on now, hold up, wait a minute. What are you, ooh, what's happening? <laughs> Something's happening on my computer, what's going on, sorry. You turn that volume <laughs> down. I'm like, all of a sudden some music started playing, I'm like, what the hell is Yes. Okay. I thought you were no, really kind of I'm building no up to idea. a powerful moment. I have no idea why that happened, and I thought I turned the volume down on everything, but clearly I did not. Um, but I feel like Terry, Terry was like, once she had that conversation with Kim in the park, she was like, okay, 
Kim is gone or she's about to be gone, let me just go and try to appeal to to Drew Franco, whoever the hell this is. And then he is just as bad as her because ultimately he turns around and says, we love each other and what are you going to do about it? I'm like, really, dude? Okay. I so do like... Uh, the scene, <laughs> true. I did like the scene that she, uh, that Terry has with Franco, though, uh, or Fru, where she at least relates to knowing what it feels like to be a, in a body that doesn't feel right. And I was like, exactly. Oh, yeah. So that, exactly. that, that was a good point. Thank yeah. you for that. That was a really good point. And it's just like, I mean, I, I love the fact that the writers took that opportunity to throw in some reality about being transgender in there. That was actually quite brilliant. Mm-hmm. But I'm waiting for the next step, and it feels like we're just kind of we're treading water to to get Andre Maddox up and around so he can do this memory transfer or at least attempt it. So I'm waiting for the next step for this to kick in, and I feel like it's just dragging its heels on this so far. Right. Somebody, Marlon said, "I wish Dr. Terry had told Franco that she was trans." Like, I think, I think, don't doesn't he already know that? Or maybe he doesn't because he's Drew. Yeah, is I don't that think, what it is? Yeah, he wouldn't know that because he's oh. Drew. Uh, so he'd be like, "Oh, all right, okay." Yeah. Um, and then let's. Then um, Annie Gowan said they're going to have to reserve a permanent room at Shady Brook for Kim when Franco comes back and old Drew is gone. Yeah, they're going they're going to take her off to the funny farm for sure, for sure. But it's and, like, uh, let's talk a little. Bit, let's talk a little bit more about your favorite location, the park. <laughs> so. So also in the park, we have another little, and I didn't. I, now I couldn't understand whether this whether this was a dream sequence or whether this was real. When Hayden runs into Finn in the park while she's playing with Aiden, was part of that real and part of it like a dream sequence? I was confused. Her running into uh, her running into Finn was real. But the confession part okay. is when it jumped over into that. And I admit, I I was so jazzed. Were you confused, too? I was so jazzed with that scene at first where he's like, she finally just lays it out. I'm like, all right, cool. And it's the most interesting thing that could happen in that moment because now we get to finally see what happens next. And instead, it, we just go to a commercial break and we come back and we find out it was just a fantasy she was having in her mind and Elizabeth interrupts her. And now all it is is like, you know, now she's telling Jax, you know, Finn can never know that he has a child. Like, oh, man, we're going down this route again? Come on. I mean, but they've been leading up to that for weeks. All them little secret phone calls she would have with the kid and all that. I'm like, I'm just going to need, I'm just going to need for whoever this kid is to show his face so that we can see what time it is. So that's getting on my nerves, too. I'm like, I'm going to just need y'all not to have so many secrets all the time. Um, oh, oh. And the other park scene that had me dying laughing was the park scene with the shady trainer, Kendra. Oh. When she rolls up with Alexis and Christina. And Christina, and this made me laugh about that one. Christina's like, haven't I met you before? You look so familiar. Yes, boo. You met her at Donna Day. Like, really? You can't remember that? Is your memory that fuzzy on Donna Day that you don't remember who was up and through there? Well, I mean, wasn't that she was from Donna Day or that she was uh, whatever uh, her ex's uh, family member that Alexis ran down? I think that's maybe where she might remember her from. I, I think she's a Donna Day chick myself. I think I think it's I think it's coupled. I think part of it is 
Donna Day stuff, and I think part of it is um, uh, the family connection, too. I think it's a little bit of both. Because, yeah, I mean, I know she's got that little photo of her and whatever the guy's name is that she ran, that Alexis ran over and killed. Uh, so it looks like, you know, now Alexis is out for revenge. At, <laughs> or <laughs> you, are, you are so shady. I mean, that's what she did. She ran down She ran down the guy for uh, treating Christina like crud. So she runs him down, but it's supposedly an accident. And uh, now that that's sister or cousin or whatever the relation is, is now back to get some vengeance. And I like, I kept on waiting to see where it turns in. And I'm, so I'm waiting for this protein powder that she's giving her. That is that going to be yeah, spiked or okay, something? Wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. When did you peep that when she gave her the protein powder that she didn't drink it? Like she put it up to her mouth, like she was drinking it, but she didn't really drink it. Yep. Oh, of course, yeah. I was like, I was like, really though, is that what we gonna do right now? Get out of here with that. So I don't know if it's uh, if it's poison or if she's drugging her somehow that she's going to get her like hooked on some sort of I don't know what her plan is to get her hooked on drugs or make her fail a drug screening test or uh, I don't know what that, that plan is because I feel like she, yeah, she's yeah I... <laughs> go ahead she's really laying <laughs> heavy into into her drinking this, uh, this this concoction and it's all what is like you know Italian ingredients or whatever so you know Alexis looks it all up and sees that it's on the up and up but I'm like Really? Because uh, it doesn't look... I wouldn't trust right. that. Right. That's what I was like. I was like, really, though, y'all? And then Marla's like, poison protein powder. I'm like, I know. Like, is she going to... Like, is something in that protein powder that's going to really jack Alexis up? And Okay, and let's just talk about that scene for one hot second one more time. So, there was a moment where... The, and, and I'm being shady. I'm being really petty right now. As, as um, JLJ would say, Shady Sunday. So... <laughs> So I'm going to be Shady Sunday right now. There was a moment where the camera angle was on top of it, on top of Alexis's head where it looked like she had this big old giant bald spot. I'm like, can y'all not cover up homegirl's hair a little better than that? Uh, it was like it was like the size of a tennis ball. What, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I'm going to need y'all to do my sister a little better. I like Alexis. Don't have... I was I could not concentrate on what was coming out of her mouth looking at that big old ball spot on the top of her head. And it wasn't a ball spot, it was just the way they parted her hair. But the camera was right on top of her head. I'm like, come on now, y'all. <laughs> so I, that was just my that was my my shady Sunday moment because I was like, what is happening? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I I'm I don't know. I feel like. I guess this makes sense now for why Christina did the pledge, and now we're seeing the ramifications of it. But man, I'm not interested in this storyline as opposed to I wanted to see more Cassidine drama. So the the idea of Molly researching more about the Cassidines, I would love to see yeah. that get Alexis involved in that as opposed to this weirdo trainer who's trying to get Alexis by making her drink protein powder. Ugh. All right. Yeah. What I really what I really wanted to see more of. Was my boy Ted Knight? Look at that! I, I mean Michael Knight. Michael Michael E. Knight coming in. Michael Knight had the cast from all my children showing up as Mister Gray. I was yes, I was all about that. Yeah, I, I mean we still don't know. I mean off that just that brief appearance, it's hard to figure out what his objectives are. Uh, you know what his agenda is. Uh, but I mean I much like you, excited to see him for sure. 
oh. And this is the thing. When he was on All My Children, he was so, he he wasn't um, devilish. He didn't have, like, this devilish thing going on. He was more like, um, he was more mischievous than he was devilish or deviant on All My Children, right? Yeah. On this one, he's a straight-up devilish and deviant and acerbic, too. Because when, when Nell is sitting there pleading her case, he's looking at her like, um, that BS might work with some people, but that ain't working with me today. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I like about my- I laughed out loud because <laughs> she was sitting there being all like, "I I am a model prisoner," and he's like, "Oh yeah, the warden was singing your praises," and she was like, "Really?" He said, "Mm-hmm," like, "Mm-hmm," but not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What I like about Michael E. Knight, though, is that I always felt like what I liked about his performance, especially as, as Tad Martin, is that he always injected a a sense of humor into it. So he could do you could find a funny way in and out of a scene. And sometimes I feel like that's missing on soaps. And I always love that he would be able to inject that in because it's like, yeah, I mean, in real life, it's not always high stakes. It's not always drama. There are there can be moments of levity in in your day to day life. So it's to have him on Port Charles or in General Hospital. I I'm looking forward to seeing him inject more of that into the show. Oh, I'm so excited! I'm like General Hospital and just fluffed up five folds for me. I'm very excited about all of this because I was like, what are they gonna do? How are they gonna you know get beyond this? Because I felt like they were in a stalemate for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I and I'm in I'm really interested to know what Martin Gray's um deal is. Like what's his deal? Like how did how did Nell find him? And who is this other person who had a case that was similar but not similar to hers yeah. that he got her off? You know what I mean? No, that's true. I feel like those are things that we're gonna we're gonna learn about. Uh you know, I will tell you the one thing as we're talking about Nell that I'm getting tired of is, and it's happened a few times because it happened with Shiloh and Brad inside Charlie's Pub, uh, and it happened this time with Nell and Jocelyn in the park, where once uh, somebody runs into somebody they they really don't want to talk to at all, yet they still stand there and talk to that person. I'm like, in real life, you would just say, "No thanks, I gotta go." And just walk out. Right? <laughs> but Jocelyn just stands there in the park talking you'd to like, Nell. You'd be like, oh, somebody's calling me. Oh, look at the time. I got to bounce. But it was good seeing you. <laughs> yeah. Like, who's standing there listening to this? Uh, I mean, I'm glad that Jocelyn finally you know, got fed up enough at the end that she called over the guard and said, oh, no, this this, this lady's bothering me. And, uh, and got her away from her. But it's like, man, that took forever to get to that point. Yeah, it was like, and then I and then I love how she was like, guard, this prisoner is upsetting me. Yeah. How about you should have never let her talk to her in the first place? How about that? Yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah, I, I don't understand. Like any any prison guard is going to let one of the convicts that are uh, doing, even if they're on good behavior, so they get a you know a, you know letter kind of duties and stuff to go out and do landscaping and stuff that they're just going to let them walk away and talk to just a regular person who's going to do that like, <laughs> nobody no no prison guard is going like, to let them just go do that like what what in what prison reality is a guard going to let a prisoner talk to a civilian yep. just because no <laughs> oh, with that. i know her <laughs> it's okay right <laughs> no <laughs> You're in prison. 
you are not at Starbucks, honey. Yeah. Then they laugh. I laugh. I laugh. I'm like. Are they at Starbucks? Is there a Starbucks where you wear an orange jumpsuit? I'm like, what's happening? Yeah. I don't understand. No, 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 no. Just, yeah, you just stay here and just, you know, <laughs> put some plants in that soil. Get out of here. What are you talking about? Uh, we also I'm see... Like, <laughs> we see another visit, uh, and that is Willow visiting her mom in Pentonville to break the news that Shiloh is dead. What is she? Yes. That was kind of... That was a very lackluster scene, I have to say. Yeah. It went on a little too long. And and Don't now, yeah, and, and it's like, okay, now what? Because I, I, like, I feel like this could be the last we see of Harmony then. I don't know if it's going to be the last we see of Harmony. I wouldn't say that, but yeah. Well, I don't know. I, think, I don't think Harmony's story is done on GH. I mean, I could definitely see whenever Willow finds the truth out about Wiley and that it's not really her son and her son's really dead, that there could be another scene where she goes and tells her mom that's what the real deal is. So I could see at least maybe one more scene with Harmony. Yeah, I'm kind of... Harmony's kind of grown on me. I remember when she first showed up on the scene, I was like, ooh, I cannot with her. But (laughs) she's actually kind of grown on me, especially since she rolled over on Shiloh. Yeah. So I would, I would love, I would love to see. I think she really kind of needs to be there for when Willow finds out the truth. Like Willow needs somebody to be there other than Chase or Michael. Like she needs her mom to kind of be there. Well, so I'm hoping that she she has the opportunity to um, actually make that happen. Oh, but this made me laugh too. Aside from the Pattonville visit, this had me laughing out loud. We talk about Elizabeth a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Franco, Elizabeth Jason, Elizabeth whoever, right? But what I don't think we have addressed that much as of late is the fact that most of the time they make Elizabeth appear very angelic, very, you know, by the book, very, you know, do-gooder-ish. And lately, my girl has been turning up. She and Franco committed and was like, his ass is not leaving poor Charles if I got anything to do with it. And then she rolled up in Charlie's and told Julian that he needed to help her. And when he said no, she was like, look, you are no stranger to getting your hands dirty. Don't try to act like That's you're right. not. I was like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I was like, oh. I was like Elizabeth is, is flexing her biceps. What is happening? That's right. She she knows what the score is, and now she's calling people out saying, hey, come on, you thug guy. Go over there, and you got to help me get this uh, get my guy taken care of. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess what you you realize the extremes that you're willing to go to when something you care about is on the line, or someone. Yeah, I mean, I I get why she's behaving the way she is, but I'm just saying that for this particular character, as many years as she's been on General Hospital, you've never seen her behave that way. Not when she was involved with Jason, not when she was involved with Drew, not with anybody else. Like, this is the first time you've really seen, not even when she had all those situations and, and drama turbs with, with uh, Lucky. Mm-hmm. Like, it was major drama with Lucky all the time. She never went in like she's going in for Franco. Yeah, there's something about that connection that uh, she's willing to uh, bend the rules or do whatever she needs to to try to get Franco back to her at all. I mean, I guess you look Ooh, back in at... the chat room. In the chat room, sorry to interrupt. Oh, no. In the chat room, they're saying they, they could see Elizabeth hooking up with Julian. Ooh, how do we feel about that? What? Come on. No, get out of here. I don't think Elizabeth <laughs> was, is hooking up with anybody. A, look, 
Kelly Kelly Public Cover was like, I can see Elizabeth with Julian, and then Lori Cole was like, Yes, Kelly girl, I agree. <laughs> I don't think Elizabeth's going to be doing anything anytime soon, not until this Franco thing gets solved. But uh, you know, I mean, the longer this goes on, it, I mean, I know, I mean, I know, many people are getting tired of the storyline. But would you rather see Franco back, or would you rather see Elizabeth just having to deal with the fact that no, uh, Franco is really now Drew? I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued by this storyline. I, I really want to see how they're going to play it out. Like, I'm hoping it's not going to play out in the obvious way that we think. I'm hoping it's going to have a really nice twist that'll give us something to talk about. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, there's also part of me that's thought, like, well, what if Franco doesn't come back in and it is now just Drew? Is there a part of Drew that could move away from Kim and actually fall in love with Elizabeth as well? So, uh, that's what I'm saying. This could be really interesting. Like, however, that suggestion that you made, like, that's a really good suggestion that all of those things could be really interesting to see how it all kind of, you know, plays out. Yeah, I feel like the the least interesting version for me is of Franco just coming back and everything's okay. I feel like that's the least interesting yeah, version no. of the story for me. You know, I don't, I don't need, I need, I need some drama and intrigue, General Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of drama and intrigue, we do have uh, we have your boy uh, and girl Nina and Valentin getting married. So they got to do their bridal showers, a bachelor party and a bachelorette party the night before. Oh my god! And that was like news time. At oh god, I couldn't take it. You know, compared to uh, what they had for Curtis and Jordan when they did that uh, the 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 the, pan- the mystery room. Of the escape room? Yeah. I was like, that is yeah. all right. Like, that was kind of exciting. Yeah. But then, like, the guys up in a bar and the women at the house on the sofa, I'm like, really? Y'all couldn't think of something better than that? This was... And then we have to see the, the, the awkward scene of them going to the spa for Nina to walk in and try to kick Chase and Willow out of it. Like, no, this is for my bachelorette party. you got to get out. <laughs> uh, so, Carla, I will ask you... I'm just like... And, and but wait, but what about the look? Every time the camera, every time the camera cuts to Sasha's face, I was like, "Is she gonna break?" Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Is she gonna break any moment now? <laughs> she can't keep it together. Uh, Carla, I would ask you: put yourself in Willow's shoes, and uh, somebody that you've been butting heads with comes in to the uh, the spot that you're hanging out with your, your 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 boy toy, and says, "Hey, wait, this is for my bachelor party. You got to get out. Are you getting out, or are you standing up and saying?" Get out of here yourself. Hmm. I would be like, no, you need to go. <laughs> like, this is my party. Where are you going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm here. Uh, you know, I, I reserve this as well, too. So why am I leaving for you? No way. So, yeah, I'm I felt- like, yeah, I'm not leaving my own party. Like, you, you rolled up in here. I didn't roll up in get out of here with that. Well, especially when they say when Maxi or what, what Maxi or Nina throw out, like, bachelorette party trumps that. And I would think I'm waiting for Willow to say, put yourself in my position. If this was either one of you with your man and somebody came in, are you turning it over? I know you. none, none of you are saying, alright, I'll leave. I'll leave. You're right. None of you are. Get out of here. There's no way Maxi's going to just sit there and go, yeah, you're right. I'll leave. That's yours. No. 
So. Ooh, you are making my stomach hurt with laughter today, Frank Moran. I love you for it. <laughs> so that felt false to me. But they end up where, where they end up at the floating rib because it's all a big rainstorm, so they can't go golfing for the guys, and the party bus gets a flat tire for the girls, so they all end up at the floating rib, and which, you know, Chet, our boy Chet is there to introduce karaoke night. And what I loved about it is that we only hear one song at that karaoke night. That is Valentine. And then it gets to the end of the episode, and when we cut back to the next day's episode, which is just picking up right up there, Nobody else is singing. That was it. It was just Valentine and then was, nobody that else. That was funny. That was pure comedy. I'm like, really, though? It's called karaoke. Like, you got a whole bar full of people. Ain't nobody going to do karaoke except for Valentine. And of all the people, Valentine, really? That was it. And then nobody else sang it. it all it was just people just talking for the rest of the night. Like, that was it. Nobody else wanted to get up and sing? Nobody did? Get out of here. Uh, what did you think of Valentine's song? Ugh. I have no words. I mean, James Patrick Stewart, he, he held a good tune, though. I have no words. <laughs> <laughs> I have no words. I was just like, the whole situation just exhausted me. I was looking at the screen like, er, 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 er. I will give uh, Best Overacting to finding out a, a piece of information award to Lulu Spencer. When she's in the bathroom and hears uh, Obrecht and Sasha talking and finds out that they've been faking Sasha's relationship to uh, Nina. And the camera moves from Obrecht and Sasha, pans over to the uh, the stall that's kind of partway open. And you just get to see Lulu just going, huh? But are we surprised by that, though? Are we surprised by that? She always overacts. Like, come on, think about it. Think about all those times before she got the uh, divorce papers uh, from Dante. Think about how many times she over... Like, ex- one scene in particular, the one where she was supposed to be drunk and Peter came over there and she was supposed to be going off on Peter. I was like, girl, please. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, but it does bring up an interesting point. She does find out about this and she wants to tell Nina. But the the dilemma is, do you... Does the truth... Uh, more important to somebody or does the person that needs to hear that truth what if they don't want to hear that truth what do you do anyway do you tell it or do you stay quiet what would you do Carla please Lulu, Lulu can't hold water so you know eventually she gonna run her mouth yeah she can't hold water there's no way in there's no way on God's green earth that Lulu is gonna be able to keep that information to herself she just can't do it she's not capable I <laughs> the Lord the Lord's leech says, loose lips, Lulu strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a matter of, I mean, the fact that she confided in Dustin, and Dustin seems like, you know, as as we've seen so far, seems like a nice guy, but we all kind of feel like there's some kind I'm of sorry. shady thing that he's hiding. Still, jury's still out on him. And so to reveal this really important piece of information to somebody, you, I mean, I guess they did sleep on the Haunted Star, so, I mean, you know. That, that forgives all. You can share your most innermost secrets to somebody you've, you know, you've kind of, you know, hopped in the sack with. Uh, but I don't know if Dustin is going to be that that trustworthy person that Lulu thinks he is. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I told you, I think there's something very shady about him. Uh, I would that, yeah, and I'm waiting to see when the other shoe drops on him. But he's in the main credits now, so I feel like he's going to be sticking around for a bit, which is cool. 
Well, I still think he's shady. Whether he in the credits or not, he is shady boots. <laughs> I'm like, mm, what's your deal? I need to know. <laughs> One other thing I liked about the bachelor party, though, is the scene between Valentine and Michael, where, uh, you know, without saying it directly, Michael does realize that Valentine knows that he knows what's really going on. And when Michael threatens him, kind of that veiled threat, like if anybody were to, you know, hurt Nina by exposing something like this, you know, I would, you know, make sure that they pay. And uh, and Michael's like, yeah, you know, I learned that in my family, you know, that family is more important than anything. And we make sure that we take care of our own, too. So I I did like that. Yeah, Valentin, you you can't really threaten a Corinthos with, you know, with threats of violence. That's not really going to hold. Oh, please. That's not going to stop them. They have a really good question. Kelly's like, not Kelly, Annie's like, do you, does she, do we think that Valentin would do something to Lulu, the mother of his child, if he finds out that she knows his secret? Oof. <sighs> right. That's a good question, right? That is, I mean, I mean, he got rid of Charlotte. So, I mean, um, uh, Claudette. He got rid of Claudette. <laughs> so. Oh, you got you got him killing his own kid. Yeah, Charlotte. <laughs> Whoops, uh, I got rid of Claudette. So, oh, uh, Carla Renata, the time has flown by. What? We got to get out of here. I- it really did. I'm so glad I was able to call in. I kind of like this. We have to do this more often Absolutely. when I'm out of town. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your super busy burgeoning media empire to uh, take the time to call you know us here on the GH Report. Well, Frank, I couldn't leave you lurking in by yourself. I couldn't leave you there floundering. Although you you hold it down by yourself, you're more than capable. But you know, you're too- I can help brother out. I'm gonna help a brother out. <laughs> You are too kind. Uh, so, Carla, what if they want to find out what you're doing there in Chicago, they want to follow all the latest adventures you're having there in the Windy City, where is the best place to find you? Well, while we were broadcasting this, I premiered The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata over Black Hollywood Live, so you can pop over there to see what I'm talking about while I'm in Chicago. Next week, the interviews and stuff will be up that I did here for Chicago PD, Chicago Med, and Chicago Fire for After Buzz TV. And on Monday nights, you can find me at the Dancing with the Stars after show, not this Monday, but the next Monday, where um, we're talking about all things ballroom there at After Buzz TV. And you can find my reviews across also uh, at thecurvyfilmcritic.com, and you can find me on social media across all platforms at the Kirby Critic, and uh, you you are going to be live streaming uh, your tattoo session, correct? Getting the Chicago series well, logos. You know, I you know, Goodwill. I'm not getting no tattoo. I'm needlephobic. <laughs> and no needle. And, and I and I said this to you many times. I am needlephobic. If I get older, I will just be looking like an old raisin because ain't no needles coming nowhere near this face. So no, I'm not getting no tattoo. All right, all right, uh, folks. Thanks for joining <laughs> us here on the GH Report. Big shout out to Carla Renata calling us even when she's so busy there in Chicago, blowing things up over there. Uh, follow her on on all her social media handles right there. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. Thanks for joining us there. Like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And folks, we'll see you back here next Sunday for an all new episode of the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV. See you, everybody. Bye, Carl. Our founder Kevin Undergaro and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first; we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> 
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.